I'm ready. Ooh, do you hear the sirens? Yeah. Very they're, exciting. They're coming for us. <gasps> they're coming for the Misfit Stars podcast. We better do it quick. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Misfit Stars podcast. I'm Shannon Curtis. Hi, listeners. Shannon and I are a married pair of working artists. Uh, by the way, I'm Jamie Hill. Hi. What's totally that? forgot to say that. Hi. So excited about the sirens. <laughs> We're a married pair of working artists, and this podcast is our weekly date for getting on microphones and talking with one another and with you about what's mattering to us this week. We're so happy that you're here. And hi, Shannon. Hello. Hello. Hey, let's start off with some announcements, announcements, announcements. Yeah, the song from sixth grade science camp. It's so good. Um, okay, so uh, announcement number one, mm-hmm. you take it. We have a new album coming out December 2nd. It's called Good To Me. <gasps> it is a Shannon Curtis spectacular. <laughs> Seriously, y'all, it's a really, really good record. Shannon outdid herself. She she set a course for a new kind of sound this year. It's sort of an extension, outgrowth of what she started with 2020-101, but so much more focused, just sitting squarely in this synth-pop place that's so exciting and fun. The songs are catchy as hell. They're so, they're punchy, they're efficient. (laughs) It's just a great, great record. All meat, no filler. Uh, And it's a concept album about uh, refinding one's personal power and agency in hard times. In peace, in hard times, yeah. And it's just... It's great. It doesn't. It's not beat you over the head like self help kind of stuff. But it's like it's got that wonderful self help kind of element to it. And I say that not in a pejorative way, but in a very good nurturing way. Where when you can like listen to something and take it on board, and it like it reflects your circumstance back to you and kind of makes your situation feel better and gives you a feeling of having more power and like relating to someone in it. It's it's like that. Well, it's the just, songs are personal. I mean, like yeah. song, every song came out of my own personal journaling as I was like writing my way through, trying to figure out how to get some sense of peace Mm -hmm. and reclaim my sense of like personal power in the midst of a world that's completely on fire all the time. Yeah. (laughs) So like they're personal in that way. It's not like I I have the answers. I have the ideas that will help you. They're just ideas. It's just my own my own process. I think they're they're very personal in that way. Well that's great. I mean I hope that I hope that like when we share our stories with other people, that can be helpful. Oh, yeah. I hope that this will be for people too. And I had some really personal experiences with the music as we were making it. I remember when we finished the title song, the last song, it's called Good To Me. Like, I, I we were having like teary emotional moments. Like it really felt, I think for me and I think also for you, like mm-hmm. it was the song I needed in that moment. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that this material has... The, the potential power to do that for people. It's really strong to me. Mm. I'm so excited for everyone to hear it. It's coming out December 2nd. We are in pre-album release mode, which means it's just pandemonium around the house. So much <laughs> to get done. Uh, here is what you as a listener can do to help us. It's a very small thing, but it's a helpful thing. You can go to Spotify, find Shannon, and follow her. And listen to some of her music. Those things engage the algorithm and prep it for us putting this new record out into mm-hmm. the world in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Also, I wanted to preview for you that starting on album release day, which is Friday, December 2nd, yep. and for the 10 days <sighs> following that, Jamie and I are going to be doing a nightly live broadcast on Facebook and Instagram yeah. to celebrate the album release. We'll be highlighting a song every night. We'll be doing uh, a bunch of our regular, like, 
like live broadcast antics. I'm sure we're gonna have some Jamie Oki in the mix. Oh yeah. Um, but like just lots of fun. We'll be on we'll be on a live broadcast for an hour or so each night for those first 10 nights after the album release. And I hope that you'll be able to join us. Um chiming in the comments. You know, we love to interact with people uh, during so this live broadcast. Fun. So keep your eyes out for that. Yep. Um the second announcement that we have today is that this is personal song season. Happy personal song season, everyone. Happy personal song that season. That must be why all the stores are decorated. The, right. Uh so the the personal song season is this. Personal songs are songs that I write for people uh-huh. based on their stories, their thoughts, their feelings. Mm-hmm. Uh oftentimes, most often, it's as a gift to a loved one. Yeah. So this person will share, because I, I write questions for them, like to probe into their experiences and their feelings. Uh, they'll, they'll share with me their thoughts and feelings about somebody that they love, and then mm-hmm. I make a song for them to mm-hmm. give as a gift. Mm-hmm. It's the best gift of all time. And I want to illustrate this to you. I got uh, a message from somebody that I wrote a personal song for last year. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he, I'm going to keep them anonymous, but this, uh, a man reached out and had me write this song for his wife. Mm-hmm. They had been married for 20 years, yeah. um, which you'll see. He, he, he gave me permission to share this with folks about the, how, how much of an impact a personal song can make in this is so good. So he wrote uh, last night, he said, Hi, Shannon and Jamie. If you ever need testimonials about what these songs can do, send them my way. We had been married for over 20 years in what I thought was a strong marriage. And my wife told me she was never really sure I loved her until I had this song made for her. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Like, wow. I burned it to a CD and she still plays it over and over. Can you wear the grooves off a CD? Mm. This song has resulted in a closeness that has spilled over into many areas of our lives, uh, our daily life, and our relationship with, with relationships with friends. My only regret is I can't top it going forward. The genie is out of the bottle. This is where Jamie says, I know, you know, you can always do another one. True, true. You can <laughs> do multiple yeah. personal songs. This was just the best message to get. Um, and and really, I've heard this kind of thing from a, from people in the past too. Like like really, that this was like a, a sort of a relationship defining gift, you know? Because it's it's one of those things like you know you buy stuff for people mm-hmm. and the stuff breaks, gets old, grows, gets dusty, gets put in the basement and forgotten about. You know what I mean? Like yeah. but the, but it's a, a song, yeah. a, a song. The, the point of the song is to really just like etch in stone your thoughts and feelings for someone, which is. That's eternal. Like yeah. that, that just never goes away. True. You know? And, and the song is just a way to like sort of crystallize mm-hmm. your thoughts and feelings for somebody. And it's just an absolute honor and privilege every time I get to do this for someone. I only have room because of our album release schedule. I only have room to do a couple more of these. I've yeah. got some on my docket already. Yeah. Um, which I'm very excited about. Me too. Uh, but if you want to do this for a partner, for a parent, a kid, a grandparent, a friend, you name it, whatever, whoever it is that you want to give a special gift to this year, send me uh, an email, shannon at misfitstars.com, and I'll send you the info about how it works, what the pricing is, and all that good stuff. Yep. Okay. How exciting. So exciting. How are you feeling today, sugar? <sighs> you had to ask. <laughs> <laughs> and I know this is our, like, how we get going. I am feeling two ways. Okay. Um, one is that I'm feeling, and this is a carryover from the last day or so too, I'm feeling a little bit emotionally vulnerable. Mm. And I I know I can I can sit with myself long enough to to understand that I think the place that's coming from is that we're approaching 
this album release. And yeah. even though I'm so proud of it, even though I really think that, you know, if people, if this gets into people's ears and hearts, that they will really love it mm-hmm. and it will be a, a positive thing in their lives. You know, like I really believe in it, you know? Mm-hmm. I still... Like, it's just, it's probably the nature of being an artist or being a human. I don't know. But I still just get, my brain kicks into uh, imposter syndrome mode. Mm-hmm. You're not good enough mode. Mm-hmm. What are you even doing with your life mode? Yeah. I had yesterday, one of those days that I like to call barista days, <laughs> which is where I just feel so overwhelmed with um, self-doubt or uh, or feeling like I'm swimming upstream so much that I'm like I should just hang this all up and become a barista <laughs> like that's <laughs> and so I, like it happens enough that there's a term for it around our house it's like it's Shannon's barista season you yeah. know and I understand that the, the, that comes and goes not that there's anything wrong with being a barista no okay it's like it's, it's the best great thing to do I think it's I, a job that I would love well here's the thing it's, like, it's just that when I think about the fact that I've been ma- I have been making a living as an artist for so many years now. Um, if I if I were to, s- to stop doing this, I don't know what the heck I'd be qualified to do. Like, in a, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, not like we like, have traditional job skills. I'm not even qualified to be a barista. I mean, I'm sure I could learn, but like, yeah. you know, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's it's not. So, like, I feel anyway. That's, that's a digression. My point is that I'm feeling a little bit emotionally vulnerable, and I know that coming up to album release day can make me feel that way. Oh, it brings all that stuff up for it you. It totally does. And um, and I also know that I ha- we're doing a bunch of different things with this album release this year that we haven't yeah. done before. And so that's an, another layer of like feeling vulnerable around it. You're reaching out to a lot of people to do stuff like promotionally speaking that you really haven't for the past like 15 years. Right. And it's literally reaching out to hundreds and hundreds of people being like, can you help me with this? And every single time you do that, you're risking them being like, like not responding, being like, no, being like, this sucks. Like there's so many potentially non-positive right. responses and that's well, got to feel kind of fraught. Yes. And the, and the truth of the matter is that the vast majority of those outreaches that I'm making, outreaches, that's not a word. I think it is. Okay. The vast majority of them go unacknowledged. That's just the way. It is just the way. And I know that. But it still just can weigh on your spirit. You I'm know doing what I mean? the same thing, reaching out to radio people. I know. Same exact deal. I know. So I'm feeling vulnerable. I am trying to remind myself, my, my, remind myself of the things that are true mm-hmm. <laughs> in the midst of these brain, tricks my brain wants to play on me. Mm-hmm. So there's that. But also at the same time, I said I was feeling two ways. The other way that I'm feeling is that I feel I'm feeling safe to share that stuff. I'm feeling safe to share that with you, Jamie. I'm feeling safe to share that with our community inside Misfit Stars. I'm safe, feeling safe enough to share that here on the podcast. Like, mm-hmm. so like, I'm not like rocked to the core, right? You right. know, like I'm, I'm, I, I still feel, um, and I'm grateful that I, that I have places and people in my life with, with whom and where, in which I can share my authentic experience, even when it's not shiny and bright. Right. So there you go. How about you? How are you feeling? I am feeling uh, a couple of different things. I'm feeling anticipatory and I'm feeling excited. Okay. So let's break that down. So the anticipatory side of things, uh, it's a lot of what you're talking about. It's this imminent album release. Uh, You know, it's such a good record like you. I harbor worry that it (laughs) won't reach all the people I hope it will reach. You know, also... We've made good things in the past that have not reached as many people's I'd hoped, and yet we managed to soldier on. You know what I mean? Right. 
And also, like we, it's important to have some perspective. We have an audience the size and dedication level of which a lot of other artists would like kill to have. True. We're we're so fortunate, yeah. you know. Mm -hmm. And I imagine that no matter where you are on the on the scale, I imagine that even like Mick Jagger is like, <laughs> what's next for me? What's you know the what I point? mean? Maybe I should become a barista. Right? <laughs> he could probably have like a really nice coffee shop if he wanted to. <laughs> That'd be pretty great. Mixed cafe. Yeah. But you know what I mean? I think that's just a, a, a Jagger, part of the human condition. Jagger Java. Jagger Java. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Jagger Java. <laughs> opening near you. Yeah. I so love you were it. saying it's, it feels like maybe this is normal. Yeah, I feeling. think so. I think it's just probably part of being an artist. Like no matter where we are, it's just fraught and nerve-wracking, and you don't want to stagnate, and you want to reach more people, and you feel like the thing you have is good, and you're so excited about it. You want to reach more people, and will it? And maybe it won't, and you don't know. And, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. I imagine that, I mean, there's probably some people who are just blissfully unencumbered with feelings like that, because mm -hmm. not everyone's built the same way mm -hmm. you and I are, but I imagine it's a pretty common thing. Oh, I think it probably is, too. I was having, not to derail your your feelings talk, but related to what you were just saying um, about how we've done albums before, <laughs> and and uh, and we've kept going, mm. right? So or whatever, you, how you, however you said that a minute ago, I was having a conversation with a, a new connection I made on Mastodon. Yeah. Um, sign up for the Fediverse; it's the future of social networking. Mm -hmm. um, but a new new connection there it was lovely conversation um, with another creative person. I think it was a writer, um, and we we kind of like had this conversation about the idea that that when it comes to defining success as mm. a creator, that maybe. Maybe success doesn't have anything to do with how many people have read your book or how many people have listened to your album or whatever. Maybe success as a creator has more to do with once you finish something, you start the next thing. I think so. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I really think that's a healthy perspective that I want to keep in mind too. So anyway. It ties into that thing we were talking about last week. Like if you write, you're a writer. Not, right. a, not aspiring. Right, right, right. Same kind exactly. of mindset, same energy. Yeah. So uh, anticipatory. I'm feeling anticipatory about all that yeah. stuff, you mm -hmm. know? Uh, and that's fine, but it's, it's, it's both the good sense of it and the anxious sense of sure. it. Both mm -hmm. are coexisting yeah. in me at the same time. Yeah. Um, and then the other way I'm feeling is just genuinely excited. And I think that is a good segue into the good news machine. Okay. Because I'm feeling excited about what you're about to talk about. Okay. So. Sweet. Okay, so the good news machine is uh, last week we recorded the podcast pre-U.S. election. Yep. Uh, 2022. We had no idea what the outcome would be. And here we are a week later and we know a lot of the outcome, not even all of it for sure, but we're honing in. And it's good news. Uh, the election went great. Yes. Uh, on a few different fronts. And this is I, I, like... We're not going to explore all of them because it would be this would this is not a political podcast and we're not going to make it make it that. But it's genuinely good news for us who live in the United States that the election went the way it did. Yes. Um, so if you haven't been following along, uh, you may or may not have heard that the the Democrats have kept the Senate control of the Senate. Yeah. The majority in the Senate. There's going to be a runoff election for the final seat. Hopefully, uh, Senator. Raphael Warnock will win re-election over Herschel Walker. Who Which would actually belong. expand our majority. It would. Herschel Walker belongs nowhere near any sort of government role no, at no, all. I no. mean, 
Come on. Come on. Um, but it would, yes, it would actually expand our majority in the Senate, which would be really good in terms of um, unlocking the Democrats' power in the Senate to do things like uh, government accountability. Oversight. Oversight, things like that. Um, and also it would be great for, in terms of any any new judges, all the new judges yeah. that that President Biden will nominate will be able to be confirmed in the Senate with a majority. It's great. Really good news. Really good news. The House is still technically up for grabs as we are re recording this podcast this week, but it's looking like, and pretty much everyone that I've been reading over the last 24 hours has been saying that it's looking most likely that the Republicans will have a majority in the House, but only by like a couple of votes. Like two or three like seats. slim majority. Seats, not votes. Seats, excuse me, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah uh, by just a couple of seats, which, you know, really brings some interesting things. It'll, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how that all unfolds. They're like, going to freaking fall apart with the infighting. I hope they Because do. they're not going to have a strong enough majority. Like, they'll, they'll have such a tenuous majority that any three assholes can just derail the entire process. Right. And there are so many different groups of three assholes in the Republican oh, Party in the, in the House. so true. Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, it would have been better if... Democrats would have been able to maintain control of the House yep. because then we could actually continue to pass legislation that helps people. Yep, yep. <laughs> but with the Republican majority in the House, probably most legislation that we would want to have passed is just going to get stalled by yep. an obstructionist Republican Party. Yeah. So there's that. But here's, also, here's why... Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, like in a so slimly divided uh, situation where a number of these Republicans who just won re-election or election to their House seat mm -hmm. did so with a very, very narrow margin. Trumpism is on the way out, and I think people can tell that, right? And I think that probably there's going to be just a few people here and there who might think that their fortunes on a specific issue vis-a-vis mm. -vis their home district mm. might be better aligned with the Democrats' perspective on Maybe. it. And all we need to do is pick off two or three because the margins are so close. That's a good and then, point. bam, as long as we're unified, we can pass stuff. So I feel optimistic. Okay, that's not that's a, that's a fair perspective. And, you know, I, and I hope that that, that that maybe is the case. The real the real reason for me that the, that the election was such good news is that, like, um, it is common. It, common... So so much so common as to be almost predictive that in a president's second year of office, like Joe Biden has been in office for two years, yeah. that, that 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 president's party loses a ton of seats in Congress. That's generally and that how it control goes. Control of Congress flips to yeah. the other party, and so in anticipation of that, all of the like people who know things were predicting that there was going to be this massive red wave. A red tsunami, they called it. Bigger than a wave. And it wasn't. Nope. Democrats are, are poised to increase their majority in the Senate, and they did lose enough seats in the House to probably lose control of the House, but barely. Barely. This was not anything like a red wave. And in, like, statewide elections around the country— Democrats won governorships left and right. Yep. They won attorneys general. They run secretaries of state. State the, legislatures. State, state legislatures flipped control in a, yep. in a few different uh, scenarios. Yep. Places where Republicans had a trifecta in some states went to split government yep. instead, which yeah. is all great news. Yeah. And over and over and over again, I mean, we were so... There, there were so many Republican candidates who, who were running in this election who were like election deniers, like, yeah. like red hat wearing MAGA crazies. Yep. Right? And across the board, the election deniers lost. Yeah. Like, and not across the board. I mean, like, there were all but two or three. They're like in terms of like the state races. Yes, like the, that's right. The, the really important ones were like, you know, there were people running in several states for Secretary of State. Secretary of State is the office that 
regulates the election in yeah. each state, right? They're, yeah. they're the official in charge of the elections. And there were several running in several states who were who still deny that President Biden won the 2020 presidential election. Not the person you want administering elections. No. Like they they were they were some people who who worked as part of the broader insurrection scheme, not mm-hmm. not the attack at the Capitol necessarily. But maybe but, they were part of a fake slate of electors or something like right. that. These part of the mechanism. Who were part of that greater coup plot. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh my God. The great news is that those people lost. Yes. And like and it's it's good news in terms of our elections going forward. Like yes. the, the next you know, the election in two years. Like they won't be able to steal the twenty twenty four presidential at the Secretary of State level, which right. is something they were counting on in swing states and now they can't do it. That's but a big deal. It's also good news just when you think of how Americans showed up at the polls. Yes. That we showed up and said, uh uh-uh, uh. Yeah. Not today, Satan. Yeah. Not this year. Uh uh-uh. uh. MAGA, forget it. Not today, Christo fascist. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you know, like that's good news. It's like I felt like I feel like it was it was us, the majority of us collectively saying, we don't want this bullshit. <laughs> you know? And like the 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 fact of like the the slim majority in the Senate and like the razor, you know, the the razor thin sort of like uh 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 Control yes. of how of the mm-hmm. house, you know, like everything being so close, it seems like it's, it's so close, and like the country is fifty fifty. It's not like like the the structure itself is set up in such a way that even though the vast majority of us were like, uh uh-uh, uh, yeah, gerrymandering and voter suppression and the way that seats are allocated heavily, heavily puts a big old thumb on the scales for the Republicans. For sure. Right. So we showed up in massive numbers, even though it doesn't necessarily reflect that in sort of like the the very closely balanced, yeah. you know, control of things. The way things are set up, we have to show up at like, it's got to be 55-45 for us to eke out a 50.1 to 49.9 victory. It's not fair. That's just the way it goes right now. Yeah. It's not fair, but, but we did that. But the, we did that and that is the good news. And yeah. the good news is that the, the vast majority of Americans still actually believe in democracy, still actually believe, and showed up to say that. Yeah. Showed up to say that, actually, no, we think that uh, that uh, people ought to have control over their own reproductive decisions. You yeah. know, that was a massive, the, the, there was a, there were direct um, pro- propositions on the ballot in five different states about abortion rights. And in every single case, the pro-abortion stance, a pro-choice stance won. And in, including in states like Montana and Kentucky. Yeah. Like the, the people people stood up and said, no, 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 no. This is actually a right that people have to decide for themselves what they're going to do with their bodies. It was so interesting too. Uh, I was reading Josh Barrow. He's this uh, journalist and I get his mm-hmm. newsletter. Mm-hmm. And he was making the point uh, earlier today how it was really encouraging to him how uh, Republican voters were able to make distinctions between crazy Republicans and non-crazy Republicans and do so adroitly. And he said, he gives an example here. He says, uh, for example, like Republicans picked up two House seats in Arizona while losing elections for governor and Senate. Mm -hmm. Right? Right. So people, Republican voters were like, yeah, we're Republicans. We want these non-crazy House people, but this wackadoodle, no way for governor and this wackadoodle, no way for Senate. And they were able to really like, they didn't just vote straight tickets, Mm -hmm. which is really encouraging Mm -hmm. because I think a lot of us have this mindset that like, oh, all Republican voters are hopeless, they're crazy. And that's not necessarily true. And indeed, there's a lot of proof that even in states that lean Republican, they can 
have sense about this sort of mm-hmm. stuff. And that's really encouraging to me it too. It is, it's good news. Yeah. Really good news. So that's really all I have to say about the election. Um, I, um, I'm i just, I'm really, I'm really glad for this outcome. I, I mean, also, and this is true of every of every election. Yeah. The work isn't done. Nope. Right? Like in specifically, you know, Raphael Warnock has his runoff in Georgia and I'm sure you and I will be volunteering in some way to mm-hmm. help get out the vote for that or something. I'm and not people, sure how we'll do that yet. By the way, there is still ballot cure that you can do in the 2022 election that happened mm. like a week ago. Oh. Like there are still races that where the ballots are being counted and a lot of the ballots get rejected for things like missing signature or missing, you know, whatever. But you know? have time to but people fix have a window issues. to fix those issues before they get rejected outright. That's mm-hmm. called ballot cure. Shannon and I did a lot of that work for Wisconsin. The Wisconsin window is closed. They only get three days for that. It has to be done by 4 p.m. on the Friday after the election. But there are other places where they have like two weeks. Mm-hmm. And so that, that as of the moment you're hearing my voice, if you hear my voice soon after this podcast comes out, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, there's still ballot cure work that you could do. All you got to do is Google ballot cure 2022 and you should come right up with it. Or you can look on the mobilize site, uh, just Google mobilize ballot cure Colorado. Mm-hmm. You could help cure ballots for the Lauren Boebert race, for example. <laughs> and there are others around the country too. So great. if you want to get involved for like four hours one time, do it. You'll mm-hmm. just be like, given a script and a list of numbers and you just call them. Right. Not a big deal. Yeah. Okay. So that's great news. Uh, And the work continues. So there we go. Onward. Uh, Shall we uh, move on to Let's Get Less Dumb? Class, anyone? Anyone? I have an interesting one. Okay, what is it? So first of all, happy the day of 8 billion, Shannon. Okay, what does that mean? That's the name that the UN, the very bad name that the United Nations gave to today, Tuesday, November 15th, Uh which is a day they estimate, as much as you can estimate things like this, that the 8 billionth human being uh, will be born. Right? So not not 8 billion of all time, but like 8 billion currently alive. Okay. That number is being hit today. Okay. Uh, So just some quick stats about this. So 8 billion people, whoa. I mean, I remember when I was a kid, I was like six. It seems like it's really accelerating. You know what I mean? Yeah. But check this out. So uh, yeah, 8 billion is a lot, but the population growth is actually slowing pretty rapidly. So here are some statistics. So it took just 12 years for the worldwide headcount to grow from 7 billion to 8 billion, right? So in 2010, it was 7 billion, and now 2022, it's 8 billion. Uh Uh, It will take 15 years to go from 8 to 9 billion, they estimate, and then they estimate that we won't hit 10 billion until 2080, which is well over 40 years down the road from hitting 9 billion. Wow. So it's dramatically slowing. do Do they know why? Uh... No, you know what? The articles I read didn't okay. really uh, address that. Sorry I, to ask a question to a, <laughs> that no, you didn't have the answer to. No, it's fine. To. I want to read a little bit about this, okay? Okay. Um, just because this is really interesting. So uh, the UN attributes population growth to the rapid population mm. growth that we're currently experiencing mm-hmm. to people living longer uh, oh. to, d- due to modern medical nutrition and hygiene advancements, as well as hi- what they call, in quotes, high and persistent levels of fertility in some countries, oh, right? Okay. Obviously, the United States is not one of them. Our population growth has been slowing and declining for right. a while, like a decade now, for a while, maybe even more, right. you know, because like no one can afford to have fucking kids. Right. So no big mystery there. Right. We are childless. Many of our friends are too. Like we had to choose between the type of like between being artists and having kids like yeah. that's just a choice yeah. you know and yeah. we chose art you know what i mean love kids but love art more <laughs> um so they continue uh 
The disparities between wealthy and poor countries, particularly African countries, are of serious concern, uh, UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres wrote in a statement. Places where the population is growing the fastest are the poorest places. Mm. Uh, and he says, billions of people are struggling, hundreds of millions are facing hunger and even famine. Record numbers are on the move, seeking opportunities and relief from debt and hardship, wars and climate disasters. People are migrating. People are migrating. Yeah. Unless we bridge the yawning chasm between the global haves and have-nots, we are setting ourselves up for an 8 billion strong world filled with tensions and mistrust, crisis and conflict. Yeah. Global think tanks are also sounding alarms about a looming catastrophic lack of resources among the have-nots. Mm. Here's a statistic. More than 700 million people in sub-Saharan Africa already live without enough food. And that's where the rapidest projected population growth is happening. Wow. Is in sub-Saharan Africa, where the problem is the worst. Uh, according to data from the Institute for Economics and Peace, uh, much of sub-Saharan Africa will be unsustainable by mid-century. Mid-century is only 30 years, less, less than 30 years away. It's yeah. coming at us like a freight train, right? Yeah. Um, Guterres said that uh, addressing disparities and transforming these grim predictions is within the world's reach via relatively small investments in healthcare, education, gender equality, and sustainable economic development. Uh, and he finished with a Gandhi quote, which I thought was so mm. poignant. Mm. Uh, he said, uh, the world has enough for everyone's need, but not everyone's greed. Ugh. Right? <laughs> Just gutted. I know. Oh my I know. god. It's so true. There's plenty there's plenty enough to go around. The problem is that it's not going around. Just right. a few people are holding on to way too much of it. Come on. And it's about to become a huge huge people. huge huge problem, you know? And and there's been some reporting just about like people's concern. But as ever, the concern is for something that's happening 25 years out and all the people who could change it and their next elections in 2 years, they don't care. And many tens of thousands of miles away in a lot of cases too. And so Yeah. Who really cares? Yep. Totally. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's it's uh, you know, it's sobering. Yeah. It's sobering for sure. That's wild. But, you know, the now we're less dumb about population growth. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's so interesting that they just like it's statistically like they're they're guessing that today we crossed the 8 billion yeah. person threshold of people alive on planet Earth that like it's just because it's not like we all showed up for a roll call. No. <laughs> <You know? laughs> have enough trouble doing census in one town. Know, <laughs> My right? god, yeah. It's amazing. Well, I have an item for our Let's Get Less Dumb segment as well. And this got? is just so interesting. This is also from a conversation that I uh, that I took part in, in on Mastodon this week. Um, and, I, and I should have taken note of the person who made me aware of this, but I didn't, and I apologize. Uh, but I, th this person says, I very recently learned the term, that the term boycott yeah. comes from someone's actual name, Charles Boycott. Oh my gosh, no okay. way. Boycott was an English land agent who tried in 1880 to collect unpayable rents from Irish peasants on behalf of an English aristocrat landlord. When he failed to collect the rents because the people couldn't pay, they were just too exorbitant, uh, he tried evicting the tenants. <laughs> uh, the Irish Land League responded to those proposed evictions uh -huh. with a campaign to ignore boycotts eviction orders and isolate him socially and economically. Whoa. They not only ignored his eviction orders, they threw manure at his process servers. Oh. 
and they refused to deliver his mail or sell him food. Oh my God. It was pretty effective. <laughs> the British government eventually had to deploy a thousand soldiers at a cost of some 10,000 pounds in order to harvest about 500 pounds worth of crops. Oh my God, that's amazing. <laughs> Charles Boycott had to be evacuated by the soldiers who had who, who even had who even had to drive him out of the area because no locals would agree to drive his carriage out of the region. Oh my gosh. That's <laughs> that, amazing. And that, then at the end of all of that, your name is the one that gets known throughout history. Oh yes. <laughs> for being the world's biggest asshole. You got canceled so hard that your name becomes permanently associated with getting canceled. Oh my god. <laughs> Brutal. <laughs> Brutal. I thought that was pretty great. That's wonderful. Um, do we have any items for the suggestion box today? I want to speak to your manager now, please. I don't, but I'm under the impression you do. <laughs> okay, I do. What I you do, got? I do. I asked okay. the question and I have the answer. Okay, we were driving around this afternoon. Uh, here we are, mid-November, mm-hmm. um, doing some errands. It got dark while we were driving around and... Um, and in some places around town, there are, there are people have, you know, lights up and stuff. It's, it's nice, like white lights. Sure, it's, it's moving it's, toward winter. It's fine. Yeah, lovely. But then there were a few spots where I saw actual Christmas decorations, like an actual tree with colored <sighs> lights in somebody's window and like candy cane decorations out on the sort of like public public square area. And I just, I, I, I know, I know that people who love Christmas love Christmas. Like, I get it. Yeah. And I understand the reasons why, and I under, I get it. But I would just like to place an item in the suggestion box and just asking, please, can we wait on the Christmas decorations until after Thanksgiving? Like, It seems like that's like, how we did things just, when we were kids. Is it just that we're old-fashioned and now Christmas is a four-month-long season? Well, I don't know. I don't know. I don't remember people putting stuff up before Thanksgiving before, when I was a kid, but... And it's not like things, how things were done when we were kids is the way they should be done forever no, either. Mostly like, not, in fact. But. Yeah. <laughs> but also, like, I just, you know, I want, I would like, to, I would like to just be able to enjoy the feeling of fall and, and Thanksgiving. And Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is the fall holiday. And we're stepping on Thanksgiving. Well, Halloween too. But, well, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I just, you know, like, I, I want to gently ask people those who might be inclined to decorate for Christmas pre-Thanksgiving to just maybe just wait and let all that Christmas cheer burst forth after Thanksgiving is over. Mm-hmm. That's my that's my one request. Well, because then we wouldn't be dissipating it over such, spreading yes. it thin over such a long period of time. It's, we could have a focused Christmas blast. Yeah, it's it feels less meaningful the long, the, the if it's stretched out for me, for me. Anyway, that's my suggestion for the week. I think that's very reasonable. Do with mm-hmm. it what you will. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you what, how about we cruise into the uh, Inspiration Station? That sounds good. Inspiration Station. Do you have something or do you want me to start? You should start. Okay, I'd love to. So uh, I have a pair of quotes here. Uh, and then I'll talk a little bit about the person with the second one. Okay. Okay, so, uh, you know, cite them both. So the first quote is from a poet named Henry Van Dyke, who lived mostly in the 19th century, died in the early 20th century. And he said, use the talents you possess, for the woods would be a very silent place if no birds sang except the best. Isn't that great? Yeah. I just thought that was such a nice encouragement. Use your voice, everybody. Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter if it's the best, Mm -hmm. you know? It really doesn't matter. Um, And the second quote, 
is from a, a singer named Patty Page. Uh, and she said, your voice dries up if you don't use it. No. Well, that's true, too. Right? And I really thought that those two (laughs) things paired together, what a lovely pair of encouragements. And I just want to talk a little bit about Patty Page, right? Like, she was not one not to put her money where her mouth was, it turns out. I looked her up because I didn't know a lot about, like, who's Patty Page? Mm -hmm. That's because she was before my time. So she was was a pop and country singer. Uh, She was both the top charting and best-selling female artist of the 1950s. Oh, wow. The entire decade. And that, that decade obviously really was a hugely transitional decade. It started before rock and roll and it ended with rock and roll totally a thing. And she was there for that transition as the best-selling and best-charting female artist. Uh, She sold over 100 million records in her career. She made 59 studio albums. Holy moly. Over a a period of six decades. So that thing that you're doing where you're doing an album a year and you've done one for 10 years, imagine doing one every single year for for 49 more years. Oh my gosh. Unbelievably cool. The last studio album she recorded uh, when she was 80 years old. Just wow. just five years before she died at awesome. the age of 85. I want to be Patty Page. I know. That's right? so cool. Isn't that so nifty? Yes. That's very nifty. Yeah. So interesting, like you, I have two quotes that are I feel like are related to each Ooh, other. Oh, it's two quote Isn't day. That weird. Okay. And I have to give credit uh to my friend Naomi. Um, she has the best Instagram stories. Like I go, I, I spend, I'm spending a lot less time on corporate social media yep. these days and it feels great. Yes. I want to tell you that. Mm-hmm. I do post things and I'll come back and check on people who have commented on my post, but I'm not like spending time scrolling. It's just, I, I know, I feel, I feel like it's not good for me. I feel like it's sucking my soul dry yeah. <laughs> a little bit yeah. every time. But, but I do go to Instagram and I go and I specifically look for Naomi's stories because she yeah. routinely posts stuff that feels like it feels fills me up and not sucks me dry. It's positive and encouraging. Yeah, it's good. It's wonderful. And also kind of meaty. And, yeah. yeah. Um, and so she has two, uh, two of her stories today, actually, I thought really related to each other. And so I have to cite the people that she cited as well. The first one um, was from uh, a woman, an artist named Dion Ivory. Mm-hmm. And she says this, I don't need to be perfect. I need to be my favorite version of me. Hmm. And I I really love that frame about being like the goal in my life being to be my favorite version of me. Mm-hmm. Favorite, not best, Mm-mm. not most fill in the blank anything. Like that's just so great. My favorite. Oh, I love what that. What do I enjoy? How do I enjoy myself and my life? Like yeah. when, what am when I'm doing X, Y, or Z. Is that my favorite way of being me? Like I like I just love that frame oh, so it's much. It's very inspiring. Oh yes. Okay. The second one, the second quote, mm-hmm. uh, is from a woman named Moira Mon- uh, Moynihan. Mo- Mora Moynihan. My goodness. Let's try that again. Okay. Mora Moynihan. Okay. I will not attempt that five times no. fast. So she's Irish. And I think she's a coach, like a life coach, maybe. Yeah. Um, and she says in in hers today. You did not come here to be good. You came here to be true. Hmm. That's so great. I like that. And I just, I feel like it just aligns with the whole my favorite version of me. Like it's, like I think that probably my favorite version of me is the truest version of me. Uh huh. You know, like those relate to me, to each other in a way that just feels like, yeah, that's a good goal. That's a good, that's a good, good thing to aim at. 
you know? That's nice. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. So there's my contribution from the inspiration station today. Well, that's good. What a good contribution. I love it. Thanks. Wow, both with pairs of quotes. That's eerie. I know. Yeah. Crazy. Shall we uh, wrap up today with a little gratitude crank up? Yes. I'll start. Okay. So I today have been sitting with the idea that I am actually feeling grateful for transition and for uncertainty mm. and for the patience to sit within those two things. Mm. Right on. Mm-hmm. It's been tempting for me over the past few weeks with this album release looming, <laughs> all the uncertainty around it, many things just in general around our career that we have never been able to control and remain unable to control. Yeah. You know, other people's reactions, other people's ability to help us with our sketchy schemes. Mm -hmm. It's easy in the face of those uncertainties to feel anxious or to try to grasp more, try <sighs> to control things more. Yes. Try to force outcomes. Yes. None of which I can do. And the doing that, the attempting to do it, invariably makes me feel like crap. Yep. Um, and for some reason, for the past like little while, I have just felt like I can just wait. Mm. I can just be patient and mm. do my best work every day and just, you know, be the best version of me in the situation. Your favorite version of you? Ideally. <laughs> I think yeah. my favorite version of me is yeah. when I'm not trying to control yeah. things and when I'm just I being know. patient. Mm -hmm. It's not always the version of me that shows up, mm -hmm. but it's a version I like a lot, mm -hmm. you know? So I have been that version of me for the past like little while. And I've been noticing it because it's not necessarily my default mode. So I'm pretty grateful for mm, it. That's so cool. Mm. Thank you for sharing that. Mm -hmm. How about you? Um, I My gratitude is about you today. What? I know. Dang. Thanks. Generally speaking, just I'm grateful that I get to be partners with you. Oh, same. Uh, but specifically with regard to the sense of companionship I have with mm. you. Like, we had some moments over the weekend where we weren't really, like, doing anything together, but we were doing our own thing in the same space. Mm -hmm. And it's nice. Yeah. And I'm really grateful for that. Like, I know not everybody has that in their yeah. life. And I haven't always had that in my life either. Yeah. And I just am really grateful for that. And also, I'm feeling specifically grateful for how uh, we balance each other out when one of us, and this week it's me, <laughs> feels a little wobbly. Uh-huh. You know, like you you come in with energy that helps sort of like balance the seesaw. Well that's cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like and it's helpful. Like it's really helpful. It kind of it kind of allows me permission to accept my wobbliness mm. and also feel like I'm not the only one around here to get things back on track. Yeah. Does that make sense? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm great. I'm grateful for those oh, things. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Thanks. And I think that's all for today. Yeah. Um, you all, thank you so much for listening. Mm -hmm. We're so grateful for you that yes, you are. spent the last little bit of time with us. And very much so. If you have thoughts about any of the stuff that we talked about today or in any past episodes, yeah. we want to hear them. That's true. Real bad. Yeah. Like, seriously, just like pop off an email to yeah. jamie at misfitstars.com, mm -hmm. J-A-M-I-E, and shannon at misfitstars.com, mm -hmm. or either one, doesn't matter, we'll, we'll read each other's emails, okay? 
But pop off a little email and just if you've got a thought or a question or an idea or whatever, we would love to hear from you. You could even use the voice to text feature uh, or a voice recorder oh, even. Oh, sure. Yeah. Like, don't use voice to text unless you want to. What I meant to say was voice recorder. Yeah. You could just record a little voice memo and send us that if that's easier than typing. Absolutely. If you have a thought about something. Totally. And in fact, uh, if you want to do that, do it and maybe we'll even play it on the air. I don't know. Maybe we will. Uh, with your permission, of course. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we want to hear from you. Uh, so do that. Say hi. That would be wonderful. Um, and thank you so much to those of you who are active supporters of this podcast and of me and Jamie as a pair of artists. Yes. Our misfit stars who make uh, small dollar monthly contributions to keep this boat afloat. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are so grateful for you. You make an actual practical tangible difference in our lives. You are making this thing happen. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We had somebody do something really cool this week. An active supporter just increased the amount that she was doing each month. Wow. She just went in and just like upped it. She upped the game. She upped the game. That's amazing. Anyone listening, by the way, even if you're already a supporter, if you're like, I want to support a little bit more, the easiest way to do that don't worry about editing stuff or whatever. Just go to misfitstars.com slash support and just start a new thing at whatever the additional amount is. So say that you want to do an additional five bucks a month. Just go to misfitstars.com slash support and just start a new little thing at five bucks a month. Cool. It's the easiest way to do it. Yeah. Even if you have another one going and it, that, that, <laughs> that comes out every 10th of the month and you do this one on the 18th of the month, it's fine. It doesn't matter. Like, they'll just be two separate little things. So, uh, and if you're brand yeah. new and you haven't supported yet, but you want to, same link, misfitstars.com slash support. Thank all, you. All these little $5 really do help people. They like really we are crowdsourcing a good part of our income these days, which is really helpful. We haven't been able to tour in three years. Hopefully that'll change next year. It's not changing yet, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? So thank you very much to those of you who are helping and who shall maybe because you're hearing us talk about it today, join in. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. We'll be back next week with more. Uh, until then, please be good to yourselves and uh, take good care of yourselves. Yes. And be good to each other. Yeah, do both those things. We love you guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.